Hi, my name is Dylan. Hi, I'm Kiki. And this is Yikes. That's grim. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I try to do it different every time. Keep I love it exciting. Kept it fresh. Kiki, what were the crackers called? Fucking oyster crackers. I'm so mad. Last episode, we were talking about uh, chowder. Chowder. And Kiki, in all her Eastern glory, Eastern. forgot oyster crackers. I didn't know what they were called. Someone in somebody in New England, or my mother's spirit, is like slapping me upside the head. Your mother's spirit makes it sound like your mother is no longer my present. father's spirit. Then, oh Jesus, <laughs> slapping me upside the head for not remembering oyster crackers. They don't even look like oysters. They just taste really good. I've never had one before. I think it's because they're shaped like oyster. Okay, I honestly, they don't look know. like weird. Cheerio something. I don't know. It's like just round little. Like a round Cheerio. Well, not that big. Okay, like that big. Like a Cheerio with no hole. Yeah, pretty much. So like a small cracker. (laughs) You know what? They're like a saltine. That's what they're like. Saltine. I love that. I love that. they're, I don't. It's just one of those things. I grew up with it. I don't know what the fuck it's for, but you put it in soup and you put it in chowder. 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 I love it. Anyway, thank you for that. I'm so glad. <laughs> Follow up. Um, so today is me, your grim, grim friend. Are we talk about a different cracker. A uh, different, yeah, actually, <laughs> kind of. That actually works quite well. There you go, segues. Um, yeah, that was a weird segue. <laughs> that worked shockingly well. I'm here for it. Different cracker. Uh, today mm. we are going to be talking about the original. Machine Gun Kelly. Oh my god. I knew this was coming. You knew this was coming and I didn't realize his relationship was going to blow up to the degree it was going to blow up because I originally had a few jokes about him and Megan Fox in this that had to promptly be removed. Uh oh. Are they like done? Um, this is not a celebrity I genuinely don't know. I think so. He It sounds he cheated or something. Somebody cheated. Who the fuck is going to cheat on Megan Fox? She's Unbelievable. The hot. comments were like a pretty ruthless. They were like, damn, if she gets cheated on, there's no hope for her. Oh my god, I'm seeing so many memes of like, girl, it's not your fault if Beyonce and Megan Fox can get cheated Seriously. on. It's like, oh damn, I ain't got no hope. That's sad though. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's just like zero respect. It well. is. It's like, I don't know why of the people, celebrities definitely don't get out of the public eye. Like, who the fuck are you getting away with any of this with? Well, and you've people also, follow you around. Are you joking? You've yeah. also had like the the most like obnoxious engagement and relationship thus far. She had a ring that would like stab her if she took it off. And she took it off. She had to take it off, and it mm. probably fucking hurt. Yeah. In more ways than one. Drinking each other's blood. Her finger blood from taking the ring off. <sighs> anyway, we're not talking about that machine gun no, Kelly today. Is the, for, I guess, context, is the rapper named after this person? I, okay, I did look for that. Yeah. I could not find anything that I felt was reliable that said 100% Machine Gun Kelly, the rapper, named himself after Machine Gun Kelly, the gangster. I think he knew, like, knowingly took the name, but I don't think he was like, ah, this my guy, I'm gonna take his name, you know? Is that, like, trademark? Is that stupid? You know, like... I don't know. You know what I mean? probably trademark now. Because people in groups, nice groups, 
not mafioso or that kind of thing or gangs. They name themselves too, but it's well, not so like it's trademarked. It's for identifying. I mean, we'll get to how he got his name. Mm. So I don't really know. We'll hmm. we'll we'll think back to that later. Because who's like gangster PR person's gonna come after a rapper? And be like, hey, that name's trademarked. Change it. I mean, if he's mobby enough, I could see it happening. Doubt it. True. Anyway, <laughs> so the moniker Machine Gun Kelly mm. should speak volumes about a person. Aside from depicting the man who challenged Eminem to a rap-off, <laughs> the name would suggest a man of violence and strength, because mm. machine guns. Sure. And the man behind the name could have, or should have, killed at least a few people, probably. Maybe. Right? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I think so. So, George Kelly Barnes was born on July 18th, 1895. Okay. That's like 100 and... Billion years ago. 30 years ago. No, something like that. hundred and something years ago. Old. Many olds. Olds. <laughs> he was born in Memphis, Tennessee to parents George and Elizabeth. His father, George Frederick Barnes Jr., was an executive... Holy God. Wait, Jr., too. Yeah, so which is funny. he's the second? He's the third. So there's another one? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. Um, his mother and his father were able to provide George with a good life because of... Um, George's father's work. He was an insurance executive. Mm. Mm -hmm. Though George was often at odds with his father, the pair regularly fought and bickered and just didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. This was brought to a head when George's mother, Elizabeth, died before George graduated from high school. Mm. To worsen tensions between George and his father, George Jr., George accused us too many Georges. There's a lot of Georges happening. Baby George accused Father George. <laughs> this is when we were doing the Dunsmere's at Hatley Castle, and we just called called the younger one boy. Boy, he kept calling him boy Dunsmere. Oh my god. Boy. Um, <laughs> little George accused his father of Big having George. been the reason his mother died. So he blamed his what? dad for his mother's death. Oh, that's that's so not a thing. Well, he's and Uh-oh. this actually comes comes relevant. Uh, suggesting that his father's infidelities had caused his mother to die of a broken heart. That super sucks. Yeah. Okay. That's a rough one. Later, George, little George. Little George. The monkey. uh, The monkey? Oh, God, little George. (laughs) Little George. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, He was enrolled as a student at A&M College in Mississippi. Okay. And he was married at the age of 19 to his sweetheart, Geneva Ramsey. Geneva. I thought that was a really pretty name. Ramsey. All right. Together, the couple had two sons prior to divorcing, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. Okay. In his early life, MGK's criminal history takes an interesting path to reach its notoriety, but we'll start from the beginning of his known work. Okay. While George was only a high school student at Memphis Central High School, he had access to his family's car because they had enough money for a car. Sure. Abusing this access, George began to bootleg alcohol. What? (laughs) You know, as as the teens do. As the youths. Now, Tennessee actually adopted prohibition in 1909. Mm. So when George was in, in high school... Prohibition would have been active. This is hot right now. Yeah, this is hot right now. So he was illegally bootlegging alcohol. Okay. During his sophomore year in high school, so you're what, like 16 in sophomore year? Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. About, yeah. 
So when he was about 16, he was arrested on liquor charges. So Mm -hmm. he got caught for this. Nice. Thankfully for... I mean, (laughs) bitch get caught. Yeah. I don't know. Wow, nothing's changed in like 100 years. Literally. (laughs) Thankfully for George, though, he was able to use his father's influence Mm. to avoid doing any real prison time like any good white boy would do. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, Again, hot take. nothing's changed in a hundred years. Hot take. All right. After completing high school, George found himself enrolled at A&M in Mississippi, which is now Mississippi State University. Makes sense, yeah. I don't know why it changed. That's just a lot of Better letters. name. Better name, something. Unfortunately, though, George probably should have taken a gap year, at the very least, mm. or reconsidered higher education, because his university career was not long-lived. Mm-mm. During his first and only year of university, George had collected a whopping 55 demerits. Yikes. What the hell? And his highest earned grade was a C plus. I mean, all right, get it. A C plus? <laughs> That's the highest. D's get degrees, girl. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> In the States, D's get degrees? D's get degrees. Oh, yeah. Sweet Jesus Christ. Yeah. No. That's ma'am. like, that's the phrase. It's yeah. C's get degrees in Canada. You just skate. Just skate. I mean, I didn't, but sorry, that's humble scary. Boy. Yeah, I didn't either. That feels like too close to the sun. We failed out if we got anything less than a B plus. That was graduate school for me. That was my my diploma. Good for y'all, fucking hygienist man. Anyway, so best he could do was a C plus. Not you know, not shitting on anybody who struggles in no. higher secondary education. But I the underst- demerits speak highly of like uh, more the not. demerits. Like absolutely, really not, university isn't for everyone. I get book book learning is not for everybody, and people learn in different styles. And oh, yeah. assuming at the beginning of the 1900s, this was not a hot take of the time, so they probably didn't give a shit. Anyway, nope, probably not. After his second university semester, George dropped out and he returned home. Fair. uh, Home to Memphis and resumed using his father's influence and reputation to open doors for himself. Okay. Which I get, like, if if you're struggling, use what you got. Yeah. Do whatever. Yeah. During one of the social gatherings that George was able to attend because of his father, George met Geneva Ramsey. So that's how they met. Okay. She was the daughter of a successful businessman. Though her father had forbidden Geneva from seeing George, as he knew the boy's reputation. Mm. George was charming, and Geneva was like, hey, you hot. I want to see you. <laughs> hey, you find gum when you... I gotta say, he's kind of hot. Is he? You saw He's kind of hot. Wait, how do they... Mm, nope. He's got mugshots. Plenty. Uh, uh, okay. He, like, some of his mugshots, he's given, like, straight sex face. Like, yeah. Honestly. Camera's looking at me back. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so Geneva continued to see him despite her father forbidding it. Which just makes it so, so much nice. Yes. <laughs> the pair actually ended up eloping without Geneva's family's blessings. Uh, though George and his father-in-law's relationship got off to a real rocky start in the whole... He didn't approve and didn't want him to marry his daughter. Yeah. Uh, George was able to demonstrate to Mr. Ramsey that he was trying to turn his life around and make an honest living. He's like 19. Turn his life around? He's literally 19 and already having to turn his life around. What is he doing? (laughs) Turning his whole life around. I mean, he's... From from childhood. From childhood bootlegging. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, okay. I mean, there's not much. It's like stopping one thing. I mean, you want to follow in your dad's insurance executive footsteps yeah that mm. that with sure. no education though right 
I'm going to sound like insurance of what? It's like the 1800s. Insurance <laughs> of horses. Horses and buggies. All right. Horses and buggies. I'm glad we both went The there. one car. No wonder they wanted insurance. They own the one car in all of Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, I'm done. Probably. Just roasting Tennessee. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know anything about me, Tennessee. Yo, back then, me neither. Nope, I don't know. Back then, do you know anything currently? No, no. Okay. I wasn't there. Me either. I've never been. Fair. I still haven't been. Couldn't even point it out on a map. Mm, yeah, me neither. These get degrees, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so George was able to demonstrate mm. to Mr. Ramsey that he was trying to turf, turn his life around and sure. make an honest living. Uh, so Mr. Ramsey even took on the role of father figure to George because of that strained relationship That's... George had, had with his father. Yeah. And offered George a job working for his business of building levees and railroads in the Mississippi River Valley. Those are very different, his father and that that father. So Mr. Ramsey seems like a really tight guy. Like, he's trying to help out. Yeah. So tragically, in the mid-1920s, Mr. Ramsey died from a dynamite accident. Jesus. And this made George spiral. This was was a big breaking point for George. Yikes. George's mother-in-law ended up selling her late husband's business in an attempt to help set up her daughter, Geneva, and George mm-hmm. with with some money and help them get that fresh start. That oh, So she's an only child. That's their only child, Geneva. Yeah, I believe I so. Okay. Um, with this, George made different attempts at, like, trying to be a car salesman, do a goat farm for some reason. Oh, God, reason. he's an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. <laughs> the early he, 1990s. He probably would have been... Or 1990s. No, 1900s, bro. 1900s. He would have been all up in these MLMs. He's an entrepreneur. <laughs> he's doing the Bitcoin back then. Oh, Jesus. Um, so he tried a goat farm and even made an Cash effort up. in insurance like his father before him. When hmm. this wasn't as lucrative as George, as George had envisioned it to be... He turned back to bootlegging because it made more money. Yeah, dude. And it was the one thing that George felt he was going to be able to achieve some level of success in, which I, whatever. I mean, fair. You do what you got to do. Do what you do. Hustle. Yeah. Uh, Because of this lawless choice, Geneva was deeply unhappy and Mm -hmm. firmly against what George wanted to do with himself when he got older. Okay. Regularly threatening George with divorce. Mm-hmm. At this point, the couple had a single son together named Sonny. Aww. George, okay. like his father, was a shitty dad. Oh. He spared little of his time on his son and showed him little to no attention. As George fell deeper into the bootlegging scene, he also fell deeper into drinking. Oh, yeah. This, of course, increased the instances of abuse against mm. the eldest son and his wife. Mm-hmm. So Sonny and Geneva were being abused. Mm-hmm. It's noted, however, that George dotted heavily on their second son, Bruce. I wonder why. I don't know. It gives me like a very like, again, not to th- use a family guy reference, because apparently that's where my head is right now. You know how they all hate Meg just for no reason? <laughs> yes. But like Chris is cool. Chris is fine. But Chris is easy. He's but why do you hate Meg so damn much? Why did why did her mind? She's opinionated. Why did George hate Sonny? I don't know because he's the eldest. Got to make him a man by beating him up or something. Didn't do that to the second boy. No, I don't know. Yeah. Again, no, I don't. Know. I don't know. I don't even think of like the psychology around it. like uh, people. The whole like first child syndrome thing. I have first child syndrome. So do I. Sucks. No D's getting degrees here. Wasn't allowed. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, strive for excellent as first. Not even strive. It's 
Be excellent. You be excellent. Set the good example. You know better than that. All those, like, catchphrases. And then I'm really over here with the diploma, and my sister's almost graduated from her master's degree. Don't worry about it. After almost failing out of high school. Don't worry about (laughs) it. Eventually, George found... You're still excellent. Thank you so much. (laughs) I needed that. (laughs) We're here for this. Eventually, George found himself in Kansas City during one of his and Geneva's separations. He got a job working as a grocery store clerk this time. So George, did they just win the Super Bowl? Did they? <laughs> Kansas City. Oh, did, they did. They totally did. Yes. Like go Rihanna. The, I like, don't know. Go the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, go the grocery store. <laughs> um. So George convinced Geneva to give him another chance. He had this, sure. this good job. She she obliged it. Fine. She gave him a shot. Once Geneva and the children had reunited with George again, Geneva soon realized her husband actually hadn't turned over a new leaf and was stealing from the grocery store he worked at. Whoopsies. Shoot. This was the last straw for Geneva, and she officially uh, divorced George. At this, George, who was now going by George Kelly, began his descent into a full life of crime. Why Kelly, though? His mother's mother's middle name or maiden name. Interesting. So he yeah. took her name back for himself. Hated his dad. No, I know. I'm there. I'm yeah. There. Yeah. Okay. I was just trying to piece it together. So we're we're moving into the sort of 1920s, 1930s area. So as I mentioned before, the Prohibition era in parts of the United States mm-hmm. ran between 1920 and then and 1933, depending on the state. Mm-hmm. During this time, George filled his time bootlegging and smuggling alcohol. George's first recorded incarceration occurred in 1927. So, okay. I mean, he was arrested before, but this was the first time they, like, really got really him. recorded it, yeah. On March the 14th, George Kelly was arrested for the sale and distribution of illegal alcohols and was incarcerated in a New Mexico jail. What? I don't know how he's making, like, he's all over the goddamn place. Yeah. I don't know geography of America, but that That's, feels far away. It is states away. Thank God he's got his daddy's car. <laughs> Still. <laughs> so George Kelly only spent a few months behind bars during his first arrest, but would be quick to return to the slammer. Mm-hmm. On January the 13th, 1928, so the following year, Kelly was again arrested for the illegal distribution of alcohol. This time on an indigenous reservation. Uh-oh. For this, George was arrested, and this time he was actually incarcerated in Leavenworth Prison in Kansas, as this was classified as a federal crime, because he was doing it on um, on reservation territory. People still talk about Leavenworth Prison. It still exists. It's like, yeah, higher level prison. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Yeah. I w- actually, People I w- like, oh, I did my time in Leavenworth. That's what I mean. Is that like, ooh. Yeah. Big That's prison. like you got clout. Like you got, well, yeah, and like you did something pretty bad, so. Fair enough. Yeah. Damn, all he did was sell booze. I thought it was even funny because you said bootlegging, and I'm like, because they talked about bootleg of a car. Oh. I didn't and then you said the slammer, too, and I was like, that's also a drink name, the slammer. Yeah. He slammed it down at the end. And then you also said he'd be back behind bars again, I wanted to chuckle because drinking and alcohol. Okay, we're done. God, I'm making all these jokes and I don't even know it. I was like, ooh, this is full of puns. All right. And I don't even know what I'm doing it. I was just sitting here for it. Oh, my God. Uh, So during this Mm. second stint in prison, Kelly is said to have made friends with several notorious bank robbers. Love it. Including Charlie Harmon, Frank, quote unquote, Jelly Nash, (laughs) Francis Jimmy Keating, and Thomas Holding. 
pardon me, Thomas Holden. George is even believed to have aided in Keating and Holden's escapes from prison in the late 19, uh, 1930. Damn. In, in the year 1930, yeah. but late in that year. Mm-hmm. This brings us to 1930. So George has been released from Leavenworth Prison. Mm-hmm. He and his new girlfriend, Catherine, traveled to St. Paul, Minnesota. Damn, yeah, he's just going everywhere. All over the place. Just, yeah, ping-ponging everywhere. It was here that they rejoined George's old prison friends, Keating and Holden, who he may have helped escape Escape. from prison. Interesting. As a sort of super fucked up thank you for helping them escape from prison, Keating and Holden would invite Kelly to join in on a bank robbery. Oh, you know. That's a nice thank you. It's like hazing, yeah. It is. It's a a definite hazing ritual of some variety. Hmm. Or they were using him. Yeah, maybe. Or they just need another body. Uh, George and the pair would rob the Bank of Wilma on July 15th, 1930, making out with, at the time, $70,000 USD, Hmm. which equals to around $1.2 million USD or $1.6 million Canadian in today's Gotta love that inflation, baby. Fucking hell, inflation. That's (laughs) insane. Like $70,000. In 100 years is over a million dollars. Which is still a lot then, Which, too. Oh, and it would have been a huge amount of money then. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, even, like, I remember when I was in high school, you got a $20 bill. Oh, shit. You had $20. <laughs> now it's like, oh, fuck. You could buy the whole candy store with $20. You could buy the whole goddamn candy now store. Now you cannot buy one candy bar. No, not one single Mars bar you for me. You get one Smart Sweets for $20. Oh, God. I love Smart Sweets so much. God, please That's sponsor fun. us. <laughs> I will ride or die for smart sweets. <laughs> the Good fish shit. or the cola. Ooh. Not the peach ring? I do like the peach ring, but I prefer the cola. That's it's fair. just got that little cinnamon mm. kick. Cinnamon. Hey, uh, the robbery would later be spoken of harshly, and the horrors from within the bank were brought forward from victims. Mm. It was said that during the robbery, a cashier was pistol whipped and someone wielding a Tommy gun opened fire on a group of onlookers outside the bank, wounding two women. Okay. A month after the robbery, three of the men involved, including Sammy Silverman, were found shot dead in the woods. Kelly would later claim that Vern Miller had been the one to kill him after they double-crossed him. Mm. But, of course, at the time of this confession, Miller was already dead. So it didn't matter. Okay. So it wasn't just Kelly, Keating, and Holden in that first robbery. Right. There were more guys. It right. was just Keating and Holden that were like, hey, Georgia maybe boy. You, yeah, maybe you want to do Do you want to jump in on this mm-hmm. shagtastic thing? I don't know. <laughs> shagtastic. I was trying to think of an old-timey... Hey, be the bee's knees, eh? <laughs> See, I say that now. <laughs> I do, too. I love the bee's knees. I think it's so be cute. Be the cat's meow. And cat's pajamas. How come all of them are fucking animals? <laughs> How come all of them are so <laughs> saucy? That's what I want to know. So, this would not be the only bank robbery that George would tie himself up in, and soon he had been involved in robberies in several states, including Iowa, Texas, and Washington. Yay. Oh. Yay? Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Teach their own. Mm. On September the 1st, 1930, George Kelly and Catherine Thorne tied the knot. Mm. And they were married, so this is his second wife. Now, Catherine was a criminal prior to meeting George, and she had a bit of a reputation. Yeah. She had a a reputation. There was one thing I read that said, oh, crap, what was it? It was something along the lines of, oh, she was the type of girl that worked in the brothel and she wasn't making the tea. 
Oh. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. Fuck me. All right. That's a good way to say it. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Hmm. Um, so as I said, she, she had a reputation. She was a criminal. Okay. To help with her new husband's notoriety, Catherine would gift George what would give him his infamous nickname. A machine gun. She gifted him a big ass machine gun. That's so romantic. It's, it's so romantic. I I remember when my husband gave me my first machine nope. gun. No, we're in Canada. Nope. No, I don't own. A we machine don't own gun. any guns. I don't have a gun There's license. No gun. There's no guns. No. No, no I know. Not none. 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 This sounds really suspicious. I it literally does. do not no. have a license or a gun. No, so. neither. I'm just okay, leading right. into this. <laughs> Um, so this, of course, is what sparked the moniker that would go down in history. He is now known as Machine Gun Kelly. And he became a rapper? Oh, my God. Yeah! And he somehow, like, lived Time another hundred traveled. years. <laughs> Time traveled. And, like, lost a lot of weight. Oh. And got really tall. I thought you said he which, was hot. He is hot. Mm. But you know how, like, no. today Machine Gun Kelly is <laughs> really thin and tall? Yeah. This OG Machine Gun Kelly was, like, six feet tall, but he was, like, built. I mean, I think both are pretty tall. Yeah, but... Machine Gun Kelly, even. New now. Machine Gun Kelly's taller new. than six, six <laughs> feet. New and improved. Wait, wait, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Not okay. new. Not new and improved. How can something be new and improved? If it's new, there's been nothing like it before. If it's improved, then they have to improve on something before it. How does that... Ugh. Okay, anyways, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's not for here. It's not right now. EXE has stopped working. It's fine. Don't think about it. It's too late. <laughs> As I mentioned before, between 1930 and 1932, Kelly would have been involved in a number of bank robberies. Mm. His last known robbery took place on November 30th, 1932. Okay. At this point, uh, $38,000 USD was taken from a bank in Tupelo, Mississippi? Tupelo? Sure. Tupelio? I don't know. Someone's going to yell at me. I tried. Mississippi. Um, Mississippi. I literally sing that every single time. I had to spell this out in my notes. It was later said of Kelly that he was the kind of guy that when you looked at him, you never would have thought he was a bank robber. <laughs> I thought that was going to end differently. I just want to know. I don't think I've ever looked at anyone ever and thought, yeah, you'll rob a bank. I have. Uh, you'd never th- would have thought he was a bank robber. So... Machine Gun Kelly is a bootlegger, mm-hmm. and now he's a bank robber. But what did Machine Gun Kelly who do? Who is he really? Who is he deep down what inside? What is he about? What <laughs> did he do to make himself notorious amongst the great American criminals of the 1930s? Uh-huh. You tell me. <laughs> I'm about to. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Kiki. Yes. If you were strapped for cash, Ooh. were pretty, pretty well a lifetime criminal, and robbing banks just wasn't the vibe anymore... How would you get money? I and not rob banks. Not rob banks, but you need some some money fast. They wouldn't keep bootlegging. I feel like that's a really oh drugs. That's what you would do. Probably. That's fair. That's probably what I would do too. Listen, um, we're talking the nineteen thirties there. Nineteen thirties. So, so not really drugs. I don't know what the drug sitch is in not the nineteen thirties because like booze is legal. They just gotten cigarettes. They just gotten cigarettes. Cigarettes, then. Do something with cigarettes. No. I have no idea what they do with cigarettes, but do that. It's not. It's not that. So, the answer of the question I posed to you should have been kidnapping. Sorry. Uh, what the fuck? 
It was, <laughs> it was kidnapping. Cigarettes and no, drugs. You were not even in the right sport. Sorry. Field. Well, good. at least everybody knows that I won't do anything bad. It's fucking kidnapping. Kidnapping who? Who was there to kidnap and in the 1930s? So many. Who? So many. We'll get to who. <sighs> but you want to know why kidnapping? Why? Because unlike with bank robbing, when you kidnap someone or like take a hostage, you can name your price. That's true. You just like. Oh, he really is an entrepreneur. You just you say a number, and if you've done it right. No, it's because his. Sorry. It's because his dad's in the insurance business, so he's got to get his insurance money. I love it. Yeah, I love it. That's kind of in a fucked up way. All ransom is. Is it's kind of insurance. insurance money. Well, that's deep. It's, that's that's a thinker. That Everybody's is going to walk away thinking about that. I am going to walk hot away thinking about that. Got a lot of hot takes. Anyway. Okay. I love it. Um, so while Kelly was still robbing banks, he did dabble lightly into kidnapping as well. Dabbled. Just dabbled. Lightly. With his first attempts taking place in 1930, so there was a little bit of, of crossover there. His first two attempts flopped hard. He fucked up. In the flop era. In the major flop era. Era, not area. Uh, during their first attempt at kidnapping, the victim was accidentally killed. Oh my god! This when is, I'm trying not to laugh because I'm laughing about flop era, not about people dying. Oh my god, wait, are these actual children? No, it's not a kid. Okay, you know what I mean? Kidnapped. I'm thinking he's oh, like no, no. children. He's I'm like, just like, who a, are these kids? He's just abducting like people, like humans. Oh, great. Like with money. Like alien. Yeah, sure. Oh this God. this first victim was accidentally killed mm. when his partner, uh, former police officer Bernard Phillips, gun discharged accidentally. So he Nothing's did not. Nothing's changed in a hundred years. Oh, hot I'm take. get in trouble. Kiki, hot takes. <laughs> you can edit this if you want. No, I'll believe that. Uh, in. Okay. Unless you want it out. Mm. The second attempt. Is that what I said? <laughs> the second attempt resulted in a victim that had no money and was let go. That would be me as a kid. <laughs> They'd throw me out. Yeah, literally. I'd just keep talking. So at this point, Kelly cut ties with Phillips after the second failed attempt because that, that shit just wasn't working for him. So Machine Gun Kelly's next attempt at kidnapping for ransom also flopped. On January 27th, 1932, Kelly and his partner Eddie Dahl, who had been involved in some of the bank robberies with Kelly. Sure abducted Howard Wolverton from Indiana. Wolverton. Wolverton. Mm. They spent two days with the man waiting for his wife to raise the $50,000, yeah, $50,000 ransom. But when she failed, Howard convinced his kidnappers that if, if he were let go, he could raise his own ransom and send it to them. And like, scouts on her here, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. <laughs> I was an Eagle Scout. Guess guess what happened when, when they released him? Uh, he didn't send shit. They ghosted. Wow, didn't even tell the police? I don't know. Oh, my God. I did not. What is with these guys? I, yeah. So. He, flop anyway. era king. Flop era king. This is so stupid. Howard ghosted. Or, pardon me. Yeah, Howard. Yeah, Howard ghosted. Howard Wolverton. Wolverton. Ghosted. And <laughs> Kelly and Eddie never saw a dime. So that's two days of entrepreneurial spirit wasted. Honestly. Uh, so, so we're going, we're zero for four now. Jeez. D's get to No, though. pardon what's, me. What's we're that? zero for three, three. now. Uh-oh, zero see? for three. Kelly's fourth attempt at kidnapping 
Also fucked up, though. What? He flopped again. So now we are a zero for four. Uh, but for this fourth kidnapping attempt, to aid in his kidnapping, Catherine, who, again, she was a criminal, mm. went to the police in an attempt to corrupt them. After hearing her plan that she completely outlined to them, the police turned around and put police presence on the intended target. So, like, there's just a bunch of cops hanging around this guy you're trying to kidnap. And Kelly was like, absolutely not. This is hot. This is far too hot. Not even Paris Hilton, that's hot. So drop that. Drop that hard. Wait, she literally went and told the police what they're going to do? She literally thought... How is she a criminal? She literally thought that she could convince these cops to just, like, ride with this plan and that she could corrupt the police, which, uh, yeah, I give it to her. What? Not unheard of. But they turned around and were like, hey, this dumb lady... No, honey. Yeah. (laughs) Just told us everything. What? So... After all of their failed attempts, Mm. Machine Gun Kelly would execute the kidnapping that solidified his place in the Criminal Hall of Fame. Okay. As well as his name on the FBI's wanted lists. This one event would elevate Kelly from a absolutely bubbling bob. Nope. Bumbling boob. I fucked up the words. A bubbling bob! (laughs) A bumbling boob. We're silly today. We are. A bumbling boob of the underworld of crime to a mythic crime lord. Really? Just one thing? One so thing. I am not convinced by this guy at right? all. Right? Is this the Machine Gun Kelly you thought you knew? No, this is a fucking joke. This is a bop. <laughs> bumbling boob. So, shortly after 11 p.m. on July 22nd, 1933, Machine Gun Kelly and his partner, Albert Bates, entered the screened porch of Charles F. Urschel. Why are you confused? How that can I help you? sounds kind of familiar for some reason. Ooh, maybe you've heard this. Okay. Um, at the time, Charles was playing bridge with his wife and another couple. Charles was a millionaire oil man from Oklahoma City. Okay. Miss Urschel, so his wife, was actually the first to see the intruders and screamed. Because, duh. Yeah. Both men would actually be taken and shoved into the getaway car as no one would confirm which of the two men was Charles. What? So they they were trying to say, like, hey, who's Charles? We're taking Charles. The two guys are sitting there. And they didn't say shit. They didn't say so shit. Fuck it, we'll take you both. They will All take right. them I both. Mean, that's, that's it fair. comes back around, and I can't remember if I wrote it in my notes or not, but this blunder makes them think that uh, Charles was actually not the intended target, because if he was the target, they should have known what he looked like. True. So... A little question mark there. Interesting. Once um, they were a little bit of a distance away, Kelly and Baker, pardon me, and Bates, pardon me, searched both men and confirmed the contents of their wallets mm. to confirm the identity. The real Charles Urschel was outed. Mm-hmm. The bridge playing friend, Walter Jarrett, was robbed of the $51 in his wallet yum. and left on the side of the road. Did you say yum? Yeah. <laughs> At the time. That's a lot of money. Walking around in 1933. Once Walter had returned to the Urschel home, so he walked back to the house, the women had already contacted the police. I'll mention, too, that the case of the Lindenberg baby had, or pardon me, the Lindenberg baby kidnapping was fresh in everybody's mind at this point. 
as that happened the year before in 1932. So everybody's like really antsy about kidnappings. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so Kelly and Bates didn't know it at the time, but their current captive was actually friends with the newly elected president of the United States, President Franklin D. Roosevelt. Casual. They're just they're Name just dropping. buddies. Yeah. O- oil. Pa- oil. Mm. Yeah. Pairing his friendship and his rage at the nation's increasing crime rates, Ooh. Roosevelt took a deep personal interest in this case and Urschel's safe return. Mm-hmm. I wonder what, what Rosie, Rosie Rose would Rosie. think of the current crime rates in the States. Nothing good. Big yikes. Mm-hmm. Big ol' yikes. Urschel was taken to a ranch in Paradise, Texas that was owned by Catherine's uh, stepfather. Charles Urschel was chained to an iron bed, had cotton stuffed in his ears and taped down. So he couldn't hear anything. Like they put cotton in in and taped him down. Mm. On July 24th, so two days after the kidnapping, Kelly and Bates proudly read the newspaper headlines out to Urschel reporting all the the news that was going on about the kidnapping but he can't fucking hear them <laughs> he heard the mumbled headlines of his kidnapping do you know what i mean i'm like what? Yeah. <laughs> i i didn't read that they took the stuff out so fuck me i don't yeah. know <laughs> within 48 hours of the kidnapping the fbi had their prime suspect mm. george kelly Hey. Which was largely helped by Catherine Kelly attempting to establish an alibi, and she screwed up. Again. Yeah, she is not doing great things. No. Uh, Charles Urschel would remain in prison by his kidnappers for nine days. Okay. But he used the this time as best as he could, taking in his surroundings, making mental notes of details that would later he would later describe to the FBI. Mm-hmm. Things like what time planes regularly flew over the house. Smart. The mineral water taste in the in the tap water. Smart. The sounds of a water pump nearby. Okay. Even when it rained. Mm-hmm. So this man is like, if I get out of here, they're going to know exactly where I was. Because I'm going to give all these details. Mm-hmm. Which, that is such a good idea if you've been kidnapped. So long as you are not killed. Yeah. Just remember everything. Try to stay calm. Keep details of everything you see. Especially the plane one. That's a really smart one. Time, if you can see the sun where it is at a certain time. Yeah. Correlate that. Yeah. Gives geographical information. Charles also made sure to leave his fully planted fingerprint everywhere he could. Because at this time, like, fingerprinting was a thing. Sure. So he'd go around if he was next to something and put his full... Finger. force finger into it mm. so it wasn't like a partial side of the finger smart he's a millionaire mm. that millionaire mindset or something or something Hope yeah. he didn't get up at 5 a.m to pump his own oil he probably did not <laughs> at this point at least rise and grind you know <laughs> rise and grind <laughs> charles also talked with his captors gathering information where he could it was, shoot the shit with them. Just shoot the shit. Hmm. It was later reported that uh, Machine Gun Kelly was actually quite chatty and mm. let slip comments about how the place they were staying was very safe and that all the boys use it after they pull off a bank job. Oh. They come down here to cool off. So he said down, so he knew they were somewhere south, mm-hmm. and they knew that this was this was a safe house. Mm-hmm. So someone's going to come back and use it. Mm-hmm. There are a number of stories that suggest how the the whole ransom note situation made it back to Mrs. Urchel, but most historians agree on the idea that there was a Kirkpatrick letter 
Um, he was a newspaper and oil man mm-hmm. who, so Kirkpatrick received a letter, one okay. of the ransom letters, mm-hmm. in it demanding uh, $200,000 as a ransom That's return. It. Well, at the time, so yeah. this is about $4.4 million USD or $5.9 million Canadian. Okay. So a bit of mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I literally wrote down, which can we just like, that's fucked up. Money isn't real. The economy <laughs> isn't real. Nothing matters. <laughs> notes to yourself, annotating your own shit. I, 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 it's funny when I read some of my notes and I just have like a dumb thought that I had in purple font. And it's like, yeah, I still agree with that thought. Yeah, same. Um, So after the uh, ransom note was received, Mm -hmm. in the ransom note, there was a little, basically, instructions to place an ad in the newspapers that they were confirming they were going to meet up for the the drop-off. You know what I mean? So this ad was to be placed to let Kelly and Bates know that that Kirkpatrick had agreed to the ransom note terms and everything that was on the ransom note. The money was brought to the Urschel home after every serial number was recorded off of every bill, obviously. And Kirkpatrick and John Catlett, which is a a family friend of the Urschels, headed to Kansas City for the exchange. So they've got the ransom money. They're going to, they're going to. On cash. Yeah. Which makes sense, honestly, yeah. And, and it's funny, in the in the rant note, they had specifically said, like, make sure it's old money. It's used money. They can still write down those numbers. Yeah, duh. Idiots. Anyway, <laughs> so for an unknown reason, plan A for the exchange was a flop. There were supposed to be some bonfires that were lit to signal where to leave the money and where Charles would be left. The fuck? But nobody ever lit those bonfires. So, in the ransom note, there was a caveat for a plan B if something went wrong. Mm-hmm. In Kirkpatrick's letter, it had stated that plan B was to go to the, oh man, Mulbach Hotel in Kansas City. Sure. M- Mulbach, something like that. Is it German? It looks German. Okay. M- Mulbach. And to check in under the name E.E. Kansid and wait for instructions. I wonder what that name is. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I couldn't see, find anything. So the following day, Kirkpatrick received word of the second drop-off location and was to take a cab coming alone and unarmed. Here, Kirkpatrick would come face to face with a heavy set man of about six feet in height with black hair, dark skin. He was wearing a stylish summer suit, two-tone shoes, and a panorama hat that was tilted downwards. What the fuck? This was, of course, Machine Gun Kelly. Sounds like a weirdo. He sounds like a very well-dressed mob man. Sure. Kirkpatrick would, of course, memorize as many details of this man as he could so that he could report it later mm-hmm. on. I am very hurt, personally, that they called him a heavy set man. Because I'll show you the pictures of him later. He's, like, he's a bigger dude. He's a heavy set. He's not fat. Yeah. He's, like, just a big, tall guy. Stout. He probably eats well. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Not like, I don't know. It just like rubbed me the wrong way. (laughs) Can you tell I'm sensitive about weight? Well, (laughs) also weight standards have like changed. Yeah, that is actually a good point. So probably at this time, he probably actually might have been considered quite large. Large. Which is stupid, whatever. Before leaving and after giving Kelly the ransom, Kirkpatrick asked how long exactly until 
Charles Urschel would be returned home because he wanted to know what to tell Mrs. Urschel. Mm -hmm. Kelly told him within 12 hours, Charles would be home. Okay. So returning to his hideout and after splitting the loot with Bates, Bates and Kelly discussed what to do with Urschel. They could return him or they could kill him and dispose of the body. Your eyes just popped so wide. Yeah. Ultimately, they decided to return Charles home. Right, awesome. he was unscathed, and they cleaned him up and shaved him before they left him. <laughs> they left him in a nice way. They, they left wow. him clean. They drove Charles almost all the way to Oklahoma City, kicking him out of the car with about twenty miles to go and ten dollars for a taxi. Which, if ten dollars gets you twenty miles in a taxi, I want that fucking taxi. It's crazy because the ten dollars is like his technically. Yeah, kind of is, actually. The ransom money. I think it actually is some of the ransom money. I think one of the sources said that, but I didn't feel comfortable enough adding like, that. That's like a fact. <laughs> if that was his own $10 contribution, that's hilarious. Jeez. So once their business was concluded, Kelly and Bates decided to split up for a few weeks and kind of let things cool down a little mm-hmm. bit. So on August the 5th, Kelly and his wife left for Denver after cleaning some of their money. So I guess... Some of the criminal organizations, you could buy clean bills. Mm. And that was a way to launder at the time. The FBI, however, was already hot on their trail. Some of the traced bills started to be reported and several arrests were made on the case. And he accidentally got some big crime guys arrested doing this. Whoops. So, not good job, Kelly. Mm -mm. Big, big boo. Uh, actually, big yay, because I'm not a criminal. I take that all back. Good job, Kelly. (laughs) Thanks to the extensive detail and information Urschel was able to provide on his captors and the situation, Mm -hmm. the FBI was quickly able to find where he'd been kept, and further arrests were made when some of the boys, quote-unquote, returned after a robbery. Boys' night. (laughs) Boys' night into prison. (laughs) The same day that the safe house was raided, Bates was caught and arrested in Denver with $600 of the tracked bills on his person. Dumb. Which, that's really hard to explain your way out of. So he was brought into federal custody because that's pretty good evidence that he fucked up. George and Catherine Kelly started to get nervous at this point because all these people are getting arrested for something that George did. Mm Mm-hmm. George and Catherine Kelly started to get nervous as further arrests were made and the FBI seemed to be closing in. Catherine even sent the FBI a letter that she would gladly trade in Machine Gun Kelly if it saved her mother. What? She was arrested at the safe house. Remember I said it was her stepdad's oh, house, no. property? Yeah. So her poor innocent mother got arrested. Oh, that's and so sad. Catherine tried to trade Kelly for her mom. I mean, when you at this point be like, this guy Fuck, sucks. Catherine's wilding out here. Like, <laughs> she's quite the lady. She's not the smartest, Works I don't think. Except the brothel, just not making the tea. She's not making the tea. She's mm. not making the decisions either. No. Mm-mm. Further in the case, on September the 19th, 1933, Charles Urschel received a threatening letter that was signed by Kelly. I will post a picture of this Please, right, this note it. because it's so fucking Is it like looking. the one from the magazines, like with the cutout? No, it's written out, but it looks like an actual child wrote it. Aww. And so it stated in the letter hey, that... he didn't finish school. Yet. No, he didn't. He finished high school. I know. Maybe he can. Yeah. yeah. Um, so stating... In the letter, it stated that Kelly swore to destroy Charles if his wife's family were prosecuted. Because he was the star witness, mm-hmm. of course. 
The note was signed off as, as being from Geo R. Kelly. So very hip and cool to call yourself Geo yeah, from Gio. George. Whoa. And finished with Kelly adding his fingers below so Urschel couldn't, uh, quote, say some crank wrote this. And he literally has a bunch of his fingerprints at the bottom of the paper. Just all in a row. Like, all of his fingers. It's so dumb, but whatever. I mean, they know who did it. It's not like they don't know who he is. Or have his fingerprints already. Anyhow. Exactly. So, that's hilarious. It's so dumb. <laughs> so, the heat was on, and the underworld turned their back on the Kellys at this point. Unfortunately, on September 22nd, while the Kellys were en route to Memphis, a bank robbery was happening simultaneously. Uh-oh. It resulted in a police officer being killed. Uh-oh. Unluckily, one of the, pardon me, guns involved in the robbery was one of Kelly's machine guns. So police suspected Kelly of that robbery as well. The FBI also suspected Kelly as being involved in the Kansas City massacre the previous June. So they were absolutely hell-bent on capturing him. I don't know anything right now about the Kansas City massacre. Mm -hmm. I will do it as another episode later down the road, but it's... It, they thought it was kind Kelly's tied doing. in there. Yeah. yeah, geez. There are several versions in circulation as to how Machine Gun Kelly was eventually arrested, but according to FBI archives, agents burst through the doors of Kelly's hideout, armed to the absolute teeth, and apprehended Kelly as he yelled, Don't shoot, G Men, don't shoot. So that is like the quote of Machine Gun Kelly is that he theoretically coined the term G-men, which is a dumb claim to fame, but whatever. In a masterpiece of propaganda, the mm. FBI took full credit for the arrest and bathed in the glory the story would bring them out of the public and of Hollywood. Because, mm. like, again, the don't shoot G-men, don't shoot. Mm-hmm. I've heard that line in at least two other movies. Mm-hmm. On October the 9th, federal judge Edward S. Vaunt started the trial against Kelly and his wife. And on October 12th, so only three days later, the pair were convicted for their roles in the Urschel kidnapping and right. sentenced to life in prison. Mm-hmm. Now, it was interesting because a lot of, I, I know I mentioned earlier that somebody said that Kelly didn't look like the kind of guy that would rob a bank. Right. There was also a lot of rumors that Kelly would also actually puke before robberies because he was so nervous. Again, couldn't substantiate, but it's an interesting point. Hmm. After his sentencing, Machine Gun Kelly was sent to the federal penitentiary in Leavenworth, Kansas. Again. But in August of 1934, he was transferred to the Alcatraz prison (laughs) after numerous threats of breaking out of prison. So he was actually one of the... probably fucking happened there, like... At least twice. Yeah. I mean, those people that he knew. Yeah, yeah, he helped people break out. Why? How's he not going to do it again? He was actually one of the first cohorts of prisoners in Alcatraz. Well. In 1951, he was, however, sent back, back to Leavenworth Prison, and he ultimately died here. Mm. Not from anything like wild and crazy and cool or fun or like oh. getting stabbed in a prison yard fight. Because that's wild and crazy for a He actually died of a heart attack on his 59th birthday. So July 18th, 1954. Bye. Bye. And his wife? Where'd she go? Uh, she was arrested. I don't know what prison. I didn't look, to be honest. That's right. 
Didn't care. She was a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she went, oh, I mean, something about it was, like, endearingly not cool uh, about trying to trade him in for her mom. Like, I, I respect that a little bit. Of, like, writing to the FBI. I just, she fucks up a lot. But I just, I just, I don't know. That's sweet loyalty to a mother. Yeah. Like, hey, what, I will trade you this jack off for my mom. Please. Yeah. She, because mom didn't do anything wrong. No, mom didn't do. Hmm. Anyways, now the story surrounding Machine Gun Kelly is one of sensationalism and violence. Sure. But really, he didn't kill anyone. I was going to say, I'm not hearing anything about machine guns. No, he used the machine guns to rob banks because they looked cool and they were big. It was often said of Kelly that he just didn't have the look of a criminal or he didn't look like someone you'd suspect of his crimes. Mm. He looked like a good old boy. Like a dude. Like a dude. There are rumors that Kelly would, as I said, vomit before robberies Mm. or crimes because he was so nervous. And a lot of people have stated uh, Catherine as the reason he actually got into bank robbing and kidnapping because she was a criminal. Mm -hmm. The general consensus is that George Kelly was not built for a life of crime. Poor thing. Some go so far as to say, as I just mentioned... Uh, he really only fell into deep into crime because of Catherine. But Trying that, to keep up. Exactly. Yeah. She wanted that sweet, sweet life. Mm-hmm. She wanted that money. Mm-hmm. But that is the story of George Robert Burns. That is not a- how I thought it was going to go. And that is Machine Gun Kelly. You, you think it's something else, but he's, he's, he's just like kinda... a rapper. <laughs> you think he's something <laughs> else, too. And then I'm like, oh, um, okay. I, I, I like his pop punk era. The, the, the mafioso? The, the oh, current. the rap guess. Like, I like his pop punk music. I'm so... Yeah. Huh. So that's Machine Gun Kelly. You know what? It prob- I wonder if that mel- molded a lot of the idea of, like, the gangster type. You know, with the, like, the hat leaning forward and the big broad shoulders and the suit and the machine gun. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of as, like, a modern... I'm thinking cartoony Well, even versions, so, uh, you know? because of how sensationalized the FBI went with, like, their, their capture and, oh, they beat the bad guy, they got mm. this gangster, they, like, Hollywood leaned into this and a lot of the the gangsters in movies and some of the lines they say and the personality and the schnazzy schnaz yeah. is from Kelly. And it's all the 1920, 30s swagger. yeah. Dirty thirties, right? Huh? It's mm-hmm. a bank robbery scene, like that. That whole, you know, that whole like thing. That yeah. that's what I think of. But I wonder if that's molded after him or just of his time. D- granted, what the fuck? Like kidnapping seemed to get popular right then. Like people were desperate. People were desperate. Look at all the like. I mean, people are desperate right now too. But some, uh, I don't know. Kidnapping's not hot right now. So. Kidnapping is. Kidnapping. Kidnapping. Kidnapping is not hot right now. Starting your own business and podcast is. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to our podcast. Yikes. <laughs> I give that one out of, no, two out of ten yikes. It's not very yikes. Not very really. yikes. I thought it was really cool, though. And I totally thought that it, it was this big, grandiose, oh, he was a murderer. And a, he's a pukey boy. He's a pukey he's boy. He's an anxious pukey boy. He's a He's a bob. <laughs> Bubbling Bob. <laughs> that really got me. We were silly for this one, too. That was. That's some silly. That was cute. Um, anyway, guys, you, as always, can find us on our Instagram or our Twitter at Yikes That's Grim. Um, if you've got any comments, suggestions, or questions, you can mm. always shoot us an email at yikesthatsgrim at gmail.com. And yeah. we've got our Facebook page 
uh, Yikes That Scream podcast. Otherwise, we will see you next week with something from Kiki. It'll be the bee's knees. Will it be the like bee's the knees? Like the cat's meow. Cat's pajamas. Is what? it the cat? What are the cats? I think I've heard both, to be honest. Anyway. Cat's pajamas? What are they even? Where? It's just so cool. You'll never see it. I don't know. I really don't. What the fuck? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, guys. Bye. Seriously, what is the cat's pajamas? What is that? It doesn't make any sense.